Good evening, everyone. Wow, what a great night. What a wonderful time to have with these families here and, and see all these kids, children, babies being dedicated to the Lord and blessed and prayed over. Thank you so much for uh, to our worship team, everybody who is involved, the lyrics and all that. I, I was not sitting in the first row as I should, uh, but I told my wife, I'm a guest here, so I can basically do whatever I want. Uh, so I was sitting more in the center and in the middle, and I was just so touched, and even now that I still think about it. Uh, why do I not like to sit in the first row? I, I think the first row is more of a punishment. I don't know why anybody wants to sit there. But, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. Uh, it's just when I sit there in the middle, I, I look around. I don't have to go like, okay, anybody here? Um, and I just see you guys worshiping. And I was just so beautiful and just wanted to thank you. Uh, you, you think you come uh, to, to the service, to congregation, because you need it because you want to, but as you come, you also come and serve as an example, you serve as a testimony, and it's just a wonderful testimony to, to be together and to worship God together. So thank you uh, for coming, thank you for joining, thank you for, yeah, just making this uh, such a wonderful and beautiful time. So. Uh, I mentioned already I'm a guest, however, I've been here, uh, I've been preaching three times this summer, so uh, Pastor Mike and I said, I don't need another uh, special video or introduction. Uh, my name is Daniel, I'm the pastor at King of Kings Community Herzliya. Herzliya, if you don't know where that is, just five kilometers, two or three miles north of Tel Aviv, and uh, pastoring there, um, a congregation. Uh, Daniela, who you saw at worship, the lady to the right, to my right, uh, is our worship leader there. So, um, yeah, so it's a wonderful thing to be here. And thank you again uh, for having me uh, tonight. Tonight, uh, I entitled this sermon, It's All About the Money. And let's see. Okay, so they left it completely out. I actually had an exclamation mark and a question mark behind uh, because... It's all about the money, right? Or is it all about the money? Question mark. Is it really all about the money? So today, as we go through the series of living wisdom, uh, we're going to touch another area of our lives. And, and we touched and looked at many different areas. We looked at uh, work. We looked at uh, time. Uh, last week was interesting. Um, we looked at honoring our parents and, and all uh, that kind of stuff. Um, as we went through uh, the book of Proverbs, that's actually the book that we are focusing on. So also tonight, you're going to hear me mention a lot of scripture from the, the book of Proverbs, which is, the, the explanation is, well, we're focusing on the book of Proverbs and see what that wisdom book has for us. So uh, we, we can, with money, with finances, we can go in all different directions. But uh, I focused on Proverbs. I went through the book and, and did some research and just took all different, and, and I'm sure there's more, so I didn't take all, but just categorized them and saw what, in which area to put them in and, and uh, put something together. And uh, I'm going to pray over it that the Holy Spirit is really doing some work here. 
Um, before that, when was the last time you thought about money? With the giving boxes that are right out there, or after that, or before? Who didn't think about money today at all? Yes, right answer. Uh, I think everybody uh, thinks about money. And as a matter of fact, well, I don't know as a matter of fact, but there was a survey in 2015 uh, in America, and I think we can uh, translate that to a, a worldwide idea. But the end of the survey was that one out of four people, so basically 25% of the people, money is the thing they think about the most during the day. That's a surprise, maybe. Um, also, one out of four people th thought about work the most during the day. So these two things, we're actually going to touch them uh, at the beginning. And, well, we're going to talk about money the whole time, basically. Uh, but we're going to start with work because Proverbs has a lot of... And I'm not going to go too deep into it because we had a whole sermon. So you can go in the archives and actually watch that sermon. But it's very closely connected. But before we get into this, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for bringing us together today. Thank you for yeah, just allowing us to be here and worshiping your name. Thank you for dedicating all these children to you. And God, we, as we open up our Bibles, we, we invite you to speak into our lives. God, we come before you and we come to you saying, we don't know, we haven't figured it all out. We need your help. We need your wisdom. And today, we, as we focus on finances, God, I pray that you would help us to uh, get a new rev revelation, that you help us uh, to, to make even correction uh, to, to our finances, to, uh, to, to, to grow in our stewardship of what you have given us. In Yeshua's name, amen. Who knows that famous song uh, from Abba, Money, Money, Money. I'm not going to sing it, uh, but basically uh, the chorus is money, 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 must be funny. In the rich man's world, who has fun with money? Yes, great. I don't think you need to be rich uh, to, be ha to have some fun. It's, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying I have figured it all out with, with money, uh, but once you get a little bit of a hang and you, you get the idea and, and you kind of got your budget structured, this could actually be fun, even if you're not the richest man or, or woman in this world. So that's the chorus of the song. And the first verse says, I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? And still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams I have a plan. If I got, if I got me a wealthy man... I wouldn't have to work all day or at all. I'd fool around and have a ball. Yeah, so this, this I think it's a lady. Or is it a whole band? Well, I guess the lady sings this. Um, looking for, for this rich man to, to finally get to uh, her, the dreams of her life. Not to have to work anymore because once you're wealthy, you just have fun. You just 
a fool around and in this case you have a ball so my, my sister actually her dream as she was a a child and, and maybe even a teenager she always wanted to marry bill gates uh that didn't quite work uh she actually married somebody who is in ministry uh so you could say maybe the opposite of of what you uh, what she prayed for however um yeah so here we see already i work all night i work all day to pay the bills so work we're, we're working for what are we working for and uh, I, I think in, in the in the sermon uh, that Pastor Mike preached a few weeks ago, there, there, there might even have been a little video with that question: What motivates us to go to work? Is it paying the bills? Is it well, it's just boring at home? But Proverbs encourages us actually to work. It says in Proverbs 14, verse 23: In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. So we labor, we work in order to make a profit, in order to, to, to make some income, in order to make money, in order to make a living. This is basically the idea. I'm not saying this is the sole idea of working, but uh, it helps us to make a living. This is the way of, of uh, making money. It's not, a, it's not God didn't intend to, to for us to gamble, go to the casino and make money there. His intention for us to, to make money is uh, by, by laboring. And I'm sure there are some other ways to do it. But uh, here, according to this in Proverbs 14, in all labor there is profit. On the other side, Proverbs 13, verse 11, it says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. So again, we see here laboring, working hard, and you will increase. You will continue to, to grow in, in your wealth, in your, in your possessions, or in, in your finances. Two weeks ago, um, I, I preached on balance. And before that, I, I saw the topic. I was like, oh, yes, this is great. We can talk about balance in, in life when it comes to time, when it comes to finances. Uh, but as I was preparing for that sermon, I always felt like, well, I'm getting too much into that topic, into that sermon that is basically also coming up or was already preached on. Or, uh, so finding a balance is, is basically in every area of life that we are in, uh, a goal that we should reach. And also here, when it comes to labor, this is a goal that we should reach. We should not, our mind should not only be laboring to get rich, Actually, quite the opposite, not the opposite, but the Bible warns us. It says in, in Proverbs 23, verse 4, Do not overwork to be rich, because of your own understanding cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. Don't overwork. Don't don't have that motivation of work to get rich. Stop. This is not the goal. It's, and we're going to talk about this. It's actually uh, one of our verses. It all will disappear. You're not taking this anywhere. It's not going to bring you, I, I think Pastor Ray, maybe it was you who, who during worship uh, mentioned freedom. God is the one who is 
bringing freedom. Her spirit is the one who is giving us freedom, but not our riches, our money, our finances. It's not, it might give you temporary freedom, but it is not giving you the ultimate freedom that you would like and that many of us would maybe uh, think of when we, when we think of, oh, I, I wish I would win the lottery, win $10, $10 million, $100 million. I don't know how much you'd like. Uh, but it is not giving you the freedom. It is not giving us the freedom that we would think and imagine it would give us. In Timothy 6, 1 Timothy 6, verse 10, it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Here, the Bible warns us about money. It warns us in a way where it doesn't say money is bad, you should not have any money, you should not go for any increase of money, you should not save up for money, riches is all bad. It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Love of money, that's the key word, the love, being emotionally attached. And that is what the rich ruler, this young guy who came to Yeshua and asked him, how can I receive eternal life? And his, his final, uh, Yeshua's final call was, sell everything, give everything to the poor and follow me. And he couldn't do it because he was so attached to it. He, and this story demonstrates the love of money that the Bible warns us here. God is helping us actually to not getting attached to money too much. How is God helping us? Well, from the very beginning, it says, be generous. I want you to be a generous person. For example, in Proverbs 22, verse 9, it says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. If you have a generous heart, if you live a generous life, if you give freely from what belongs to you, what you own, you're working hard on not being in love with money, not being in love with your possessions. And this is a daily fight that we are fighting, not getting too attached, not falling into love with money. In Proverbs, we can see as you go through that book, how, and, and actually Yeshua too, when, when he talks about money and the, and the whole Bible basically, it, it really, the idea is to help the poor. Many scriptures, when, when it talks about lending money, borrowing money to other people, it is to help the poor. Make sure you have an eye, a generous eye for the poor among us. This is one way of uh, where I think the Bible actually, God helps us to, to stay away from the love of money in, in continuously practicing to give some of it away. In Exodus 22, verse 25, it says, If you lend money to any of my people who are poor, again, poor among you, you shall not be like money lender 
money lender to him, you shall not charge him interest. Here again, we see how, how God encourages us to, to look at the poor people, especially, and, have, uh, and not charge interest, not, uh, not benefit from this even, not benefiting from, from their own situation they're in. The Bible doesn't talk about uh, you should not charge any interest. That there's actually a scripture where it says you can do this, but here in particular it says not from the poor. So again, a generous heart. Being with what we have, what God has given us, being available to the people around us to help. And then in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, let me just turn here. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions. That, is, that scripture alone could probably fill a whole sermon. How can you honor the Lord with your possessions? Well, in a way, you can honor God with what you have, what you own, the things you buy, the things you purchase. Is, is this honoring God? And, and this, this question could go already two directions. This is actually uh, something that God for sure doesn't want me to buy. Is this a waste? Or is it really necessary? Is it really honoring God? Do I need it? In another way, you could also say, honoring God with, with my possessions is making sure I give to him as well. We honor God by giving to him as well. And, and we know that he wants that. We know that uh, God wants his tithe, wants our offerings. And it's a way of us honoring him as well. It is a way of honoring the Lord with our possessions, to give of what we, what we think we possess to him, what he actually, what belongs really to him. So this is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. And then if you go a few more verses along, in verse 27, it warns us. And it actually says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. This also talks about different things. If, if you owe money to someone, if you, if, if, if you borrowed money from someone, this is due to that person. You should, you must return that money and pay that money back. But also, do not, with, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Our tithe is due to, to God as well. Do not withhold that. In Malachi, Malachi 3, at the very end, basically, of, of the Tenach, of the Old Testament, God is, again, uh, working hard on his people, and they've fallen 
behind. They, they haven't really followed his uh, word, his, his callings for his people. And he actually asks his people in Malachi 3, verse 8, he says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? How can we even rob you, God? And the answer is, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. God is mad. You can see that here. God is sad. It was clear. You, you can read through, through, through the Tanakh, you can read through uh, the Torah, how, how God laid out to his people, how they can honor, how they should honor God with their possessions, with their belongings. And they have not done so. And I think the same applies to us too. God has laid out how we can bless him, how we can honor him. And sometimes uh, this is a struggle. We look at our finances and at the end of the day or at the end of the month and like, what is left? How much can I put in that box? Or how much can I tithe this month? It's a, it's a monthly or weekly question. Here I want to encourage you to, to fix your budget. This is nothing you, you do at the end. The tithe is not 10% uh, from what you have left or your leftover. Actually, one of the verses we talked, uh, just mentioned the first fruits. This is how we should tithe. We should put aside the first fruit and give it to God because we are robbing God. So I believe God is, is doing this for, for many different reasons. We are, we are tithing, we are giving to God, Uh, to show our trust in him. Because with that act of giving, which is so counterintuitive, who, who does this? Who, who gives just money away because somebody says so? But we do it because we believe that I give and I, one of the things that I show God is that I trust him. I put my trust in him with this act. But also it's, it's uh, on a regular basis helping us to stay away from the love of money, to put it away, to give it away, to give it to the congregation, to help God and his kingdom to, to continue uh, to, to work. And, and God can do this all by himself. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our money. He can do all this by himself, but... He wants us and he actually allows us and he gives us a privilege of being part of that. Moving on to another area of finances. And I want to read here Proverbs 3, 24. I'm sorry, Proverbs 30, verse 24 through 28, and, and you might read it and it's like, well, why are we talking about these four animals here? But let me explain it. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they're exceedingly wise. The ants are people not strong, 
yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grabs with its grapes, grasps with its hands, and it, it and it is in king's palaces. Why are we talking about ants? Why are we talking about badgers, locusts, spiders? Well, just to give you an idea here, the, the ants working hard, small people, small little animals, yet able to do so much work. They're, they are good in planning and good in laboring. The rock badgers, small thing, gets everywhere. Diligence, hard worker. The locusts, they, they have no king, yet they, they, they work well together. They're well organized. And then we have the, the spider that is just getting into all these different areas. And even the palaces can't avoid them. They're, they're resourceful. They get into everything. And that's a little bit how, how we should look at money as well. Planning or laboring and planning for it, showing diligence, organize it, being resourceful, being creative. Maybe where, where could I tweak my budget? Where, could I, uh, where is some opportunity even to make some more? Proverbs 21 verse 20 says, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. They store up their olive oil. They, they save it. They put some away. And I think this is what we should be doing about our finances as well. We should plan. We should think and structure how we can put money to the side. How can we save? How can we invest money? Where are some areas where I can... Uh, save where I can make some more money, how my money can grow. My, for me personally, uh, one of my favorite uh, phrases, and that doesn't make any sense when you hear it first, so let me explain it. Um, uh, one of my mottos that I really like is maximize what you don't have. And that doesn't make any sense, I understand. Um, it's an exoration. Ex it's an exoration, whatever the term is. Uh, anyway, um, but what it means is, and you can translate that into uh, time, you can translate it into finances. We all have no time, right? We're always busy. Our calendars are always full. We're always running around. At the same time, you want to be effective. You want to maximize that. You want to maximize your time. So maximize what you don't have. Maximize the little that you have. Be effective. Very similar with, with money, very similar with finances. Maximize uh, the little that you have. Or maximize, maybe that doesn't fit to you, maximize whatever you have. If that's a lot, then maximize the huge mountain of money that you have. That is great. I don't have it. So I maximize the little that I have. And in Proverbs 13, verse 22, and when I read this, I, I was like, oh, wow, this is 
uh, finally I have a scripture that really works and, and shows what my grandparents said. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Um, my, my grandparents, I, I have no idea how they did it. Um, after the, so I'm German, whoever hasn't figured that out yet on my accent. Um, I'm German, after the war, my uh, grandparents, they built up uh, their lives uh, from the beginning as farmers and simple uh, people and um, left an inheritance behind for, for my parents. And if I don't mess that up, I can actually, with that inheritance, still be a blessing or that could actually still be a blessing to my children. So I think this is, uh, this is at least for what I'm going for. And I think finances, don't look at finances at just like this, this thing here right now. Money right now, what do I have? What can I spend? I want to encourage you to, to, to think about finances for the long run. Be a, use your finances to be a blessing to your children's children. And uh, just for that baby dedication uh, and, and for many other, uh, especially young parents, uh, if you just have a little bit of uh, money uh, available for your children, start now. And if you're older, start now. Um, but it's just, I, I want to give you an example. Uh, and I'm not going to give you any financial advice, I'm not going to tell you where to invest it or I'm also not being paid by, by a bank or somebody. Um, but just an example, uh, if, if our families here today start uh, putting f $50, 50 shekel, 50 euro aside every single month for 18 years, how much have they paid into that fund? $10,800 shekel euro with just an interest of an average of five months, this $10,000 grew into $17,000 over the span of 18 years. Now, if you can encourage your children and if you don't have to put that into uh, university tuition or, or something else, driver's license, um, if you can encourage your, your, your child to continue with that pattern, and continue to pay 50 euro, 50 dollars into this every single month over, and I'm just throwing that number out, 30, for another 32 years until your child turns 50. Guess, with just an average interest rate of 5%, guess where your child is going to be uh, after 50, when he or she turns 50 years old? At 128,000 dollars. And now think about how much your child, in addition to that, had put into it over the 32 years. Do I have that number somewhere? I don't. But at the end, uh, 36, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, paid $36,000 into it and ended up with 128000 So the interest here is 92000 Dollars. And that's just the example that I want to give you, how with money, with investing, with saving, time is your friend. 
start now, start with a little bit. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to think or to say and to explain with maximize what you, the little you have, maximize what you don't have. Start now. Time is on your side. Don't get nervous uh, throughout seasons like that. They pass over 50 years and uh, it's going to go and get better. That is my financial advice uh, so much. Anyway, um, as we're closing, uh, I just want to mention at least very briefly two traps with finances. We have uh, one trap that we talked about, that main trap of love of money. Another trap is very much connected to it. It's greed. And here in Proverbs 119, it says, so are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. Greed for gain, it takes away the, the life of, owner, of, you, of the owner. Stay away from it. Have a generous heart. Be a giver to the people around. Use what God has given you to, to be a blessing to others. And then another financial trap is Romans 18, verse 8. It says, Owe no one anything except, for, except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. This doesn't say, uh, and it doesn't prohibit any debt, but it warns. It, it warns and, and says, stay as much as you can, stay away from it. Sometimes there is a season, sometimes there is a time where it is necessary to, to go into debt for something. And I think personally, mortgages and then something you, where you actually receive something uh, that doesn't just diminish, uh, that is another situation. But be careful. Don't just spend it on any... Uh, don't go into debt for an iPhone or, or whatever it is. Uh, yes. Um, there is something else. Uh, with debt. And Proverbs 22, verse 7 warns us of this. It says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. You're falling into a trap. At some point, if you're not careful, if you're, if you're uh, not able at some point to pay back what you own, then these people are coming to you, and you're going to be in trouble. So, Stay away from this from the very beginning. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10 says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Don't focus on, on the riches. Yes, we need to labor hard. We need to work hard for, for multiple different reasons. But don't have... Uh, the, the being rich at the forefront of your, of your mind. I want to close with Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 19. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6. Oh, here it is. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, 
that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. This is what we should be focusing on. Let's do good. Let's do rich work. Let's be, let, be, let, let us be ready to give, willing to share, but it also at the same time, storing up for times to come. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we, we thank you for, for, for this series, for this series, Living Wisdom. God, for, for all these different areas of our lives that, uh, that we were able to touch and that we are going to touch. And God, we, we thank you that you, you are not afraid of, of touching any area of our lives. God, thank you for talking so much about finances to us, helping us as this is so much in our faces, as, as our minds just, uh, yeah, go around this topic so much. God, thank you for, for your wisdom on this. And God, I pray that uh, what, what every, whatever area of our financial lives uh, were touched tonight, that you would continue uh, to highlight that, that you would continue to, to work in that area and help us to whatever it is that you would like us to do to get better, to, to uh, be more diligent, to, to be more organized, to be more structured, to be more uh, generous, uh, to, to, to save, to, to, to come up with a plan, how we can be a blessing uh, to our children's children and not only think about right now, God. God, I thank you for what you have given us, what you have entrusted us. Help us to, to be good stewards with, with the finances, with, with the possession that you have given us. God, we thank you. In Yeshua's name, amen.